0: is voting for Jack, cause he's got what all the rest lack. Everyone wants to back Jack, Jack is on the right track, cause he's got...
1: Welcome to episode three of the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. Guys, I just have to take a second and thank you all so much for all the follows and the likes and the comments and the positive just praises that you guys have given me, I, I can't even thank you enough for all of them. Um, I've gotten some really good reviews, and it's just been so kind, so I just appreciate it, and please keep it up. It really helps me out when you guys rate, and subscribe, and review, and follow, and everything that I just said. Um, it just really means a lot to me, so I just can't even express it enough. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, this is such a fun community that we've made out of Kennedy fans, and I just I can't wait to continue to grow it. If you're not already, make sure you're following my Instagram, Kennedy Dynasty at K-E-N-N-E-D-Y-D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y. And also, I've created a new shop, because I felt like I always wanted Kennedy merch and couldn't find it anywhere, like stuff that I would actually want to wear. There was a couple things from Kennedy Library I liked, but that's really all, so I was like, why not make my own? I really like vintage-inspired shirts and mugs and things like that, and so... I have a background in marketing and graphic design, and I thought, like I said, I would just make my own, so I did. And I've got a shop, it's uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash Kennedy Dynasty, or you can find it um, on the link in my bio on my Instagram, It's that's my website link, and it's there. Um, go check it out, I really think there's some stuff that you would really like, uh, just cool, cool stuff, uh, different campaign-inspired things, I've even got one shirt that has uh, the High Hopes record on it, I don't know, just things that I thought were cool so I think you would think it was cool too so check it out Um, right now you can get everything in the shop 15% off for a few more days so hurry up and take a look okay so today's guest is Caroline Pryor her husband Ryan Pryor was one of my prior guests pun intended I definitely thought that out beforehand but that's fine um anyway she is fantastic so smart so fun and she loves bobby kennedy and so do i so i'm so excited to talk about him with her and kind of deep dive into a lot of different things about him so here we go i hope you enjoy okay everyone here i have caroline Pryor. say hi to everybody hello and i just want you to tell a little bit about yourself first before we get started so go ahead
0: Okay. Well, I live in Memphis, Tennessee, a thriving town. Um, not right now, but in general it is. Um, and I work for a nonprofit that works in the Mississippi Delta. Um, I write grants and ask the government for money and sometimes they give it to us. (laughs) That's cool. So that's the dream. I love
1: it. I love it. I love it. What's your degree and stuff in?
0: um absolutely nothing relating to my job my undergraduate degree is in french and international studies and my graduate is an mba and i use neither of them in my day-to-day life
1: hey it's still cool still good it's to awesome. have You know what? Even though I don't use that bachelor uh, degree on the wall in my closet, literally, hanging in a picture frame in my closet because I didn't have anywhere else for it. But I look at it and I'm proud of it. So at least I have it. That's all that matters. Well, we are going to deep dive into Bobby Kennedy today because we both discovered a few weeks ago that we both actually really like him. So that was an exciting discovery. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so first I figured we'd talk about what you personally love about Bobby. So go ahead with that.
0: Um, so it's actually one of the things that I find like super interesting about Bobby, which as we were saying earlier, like I think I find him so interesting because he's, you know, pretty not sexy. Like he's <laughs> just he, you know, solid guy, solid ideas. Um, but one of the things I love about him is so I work for an organization that works in the Mississippi Delta. And one of the seminal moments for Bobby Kennedy, um, that like kind of an eye-opening experience for him was when he was a senator, he took a congressional trip down to the Mississippi Delta and, like, was faced with the absolutely crushing poverty that exists there. And it really opened his eyes to not only poverty issues, but also civil rights issues. He was guided around by prominent civil rights leaders. And, like, he said to an aide, like, I've been to third world countries and I, like, Th- this is worse than that. Like, how can nobody know that this exists in this country? Like, how do they not see this? And and so I think, I mean, in my work, I'm faced with the poverty on the Delta every day, which, ha- I mean, has improved since, you know, 1966, but is still just extremely pervasive. Um, and so, the, the, I mean, the things that I work for every day are trying to alleviate some of that suffering as well. So uh, I really think it's a cool anecdote about him. I Also, I mean, all of his work with civil rights and all of it is just super inspiring. I live in Memphis. Obviously, I have a, like, we have a deep history of um, the civil rights world. Obviously, um, Kennedy's speech after uh, Martin Luther King died that he gave while he was campaigning in Indianapolis, like, is credited with being He he wrote it in, like, the 10 minutes on the car ride over because he had to ditch his planned speech. And they were telling him, don't give this speech. Like, don't go to this rally tonight because they're afraid there are going to be riots. But um, it's a moment of, like, great poise. And go uh, listen to it sometime.
1: Yeah. I actually need to. I don't actually think I've heard that speech. So I need to.
0: It's great. Yeah.
1: And that, the trip you were talking about where he was saying that he's never seen third world countries that bad. Isn't that the one... I feel like I remember reading about that, and then he went home and told his children. Like, he almost looked at them and was like, you have no idea the privilege that you have. Like, he was Mm -hmm. almost devastated seeing how privileged they were and wanted them to understand that they had that, and it was hard for them to get... Like, he always wanted them to be able to get outside of their little bubble to see what was going on around him. And I actually commend he and Ethel both for that because I feel like they really exposed their children to everything
0: around. Yeah, and I think that's, like... So, I mean, incredibly admirable Mm -hmm. of them, especially, obviously, the family that he came from, like, can you be more privileged than being a Kennedy growing up, right? Like, and so for him to have such a strong desire for his kids to be outside of that and to see outside of that, I think is just incredibly remarkable. Yeah, me too.
1: Me too. Um, Let's see. What's another question
0: that I have here?
1: Okay, so do you believe that there was a side to him, though, that many people turn a blind eye to?
0: So, it's really interesting. Like, when he was a kid, they all, like, called him a runt because he was, like, smaller than his brothers. And um, his, like, grandmother was concerned that he was a sissy. And obviously, like, Joe was not—he was not the favorite of Joe's sons. Um, So— Like, Joe was afraid that he was too soft. And so he, like, developed, Bobby developed this hardened persona to, like, kind of make up for that. And it's, like, assumed or people say, and I think it's probably true, that, like, that was all a cover-up. He was a much softer person, um, as evidenced by his, you know people who were on that trip to Mississippi with him were like the people he met with in Mississippi were surprised to find him to be like not the persona that he was, like in politics. He was asking poignant questions, and he was more reserved and willing to sit back and listen. And like none of the hardness and ruthlessness that um he often displayed was evident there. So I mm-hmm. think he had a he had, I mean, many different sides mm-hmm. and certainly had to you know, adapt within his family to differentiate himself. And obviously he was very good at getting things done and being like ruthless. Um, But I think underneath that, he was a very soft person. Yeah, I
1: agree. And I almost feel like he was ruthless because he was soft. It's because Mm -hmm. because he had that He had more tender of a heart than I feel like a lot of the Kennedy family members had. He kind of stepped outside of the image for five minutes to realize that there was stuff going on around him. That's why when he campaigned, he obviously campaigned for the civil rights, wanting to end the Vietnam War and bring Americans home safely and wanting, you know, to take care of all the poverty. He couldn't believe that it was here. And I feel like, although I, I commend the Kennedys, many of the family members for doing a lot for our country, I feel like Bobby had a heart to really get into the real American household and help them over time. So I feel like, Mm -hmm. I feel like he was so passionate about those things and fighting organized crime. I mean, seeing him, he was just brutal interrogating all of these people that he knew were bad and he wanted to change and he was ruthless in trying to get that done. But it's because he had that kind heart in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally agree with you there.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, I think there's this like, Funny, uh, like, quote I just um, was looking at when I was, like, researching for this. Um, like, a reporter, like, commented to him once on his ruthlessness, and he was like, who said that? When I finally ever said that, I'm going to kill him.
1: <laughs> that is funny. And, you know, there's so many, like,
0: rumors that he had people killed all the
1: time anyway, so it's very interesting that he would do that.
0: I know. I don't it, know
1: if like, I believe any of
0: that. I've never researched into to it he... enough, but <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I was like... The rumors that he attempted to have Fidel Castro killed. Like, I know. I mean, you can go deep into that rabbit hole. I know. It's a dangerous place to be in that rabbit hole.
1: And I love Bobby and I want to keep loving him, so I'm just not going to do the research. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, do you think that he would have gone on to be one of the great, the great, amazing president that everyone thinks that he would have been? Or not so much?
0: I don't know. And I also... I mean, frankly... It's uncertain and possibly unlikely that he would have even gotten the nomination because, like, he had lost in Oregon. Um, He had won in California, but, like, by a narrow margin. So, I don't know. I think if he had gone on to be the candidate, it would have been difficult for him because he had not necessarily endeared himself to people in the South. Obviously, Mm -hmm. organized labor uh, was not a fan of his because he was ruthlessly going after it. Um, the Teamsters and Jimmy Hoffa. And so, I mean, blue collar workers adored him and he had like a lot of good support there. But that being said, I I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard to speculate like what his presidency would have looked like if he would have been able to achieve the things that he wanted to do, the campaign promises he was making. And it you know, we we might look we probably do look back at it with these rose-colored glasses, similarly to how we look back at Jack Kennedy's presidency, because Mm -hmm. it's the promise of something that's unfulfilled. It it fills you with this, you know, desire to see it in a beautiful light and talk about what could have been.
1: Yeah, true. And I agree with that. And, you know, I was actually wrong about something that you just said, because I thought a while ago until today when I was doing some research for this, too. I thought that obviously he was going to win the nomination, like he was mm-hmm. going to go on to be president. There's no way he would beat Nixon and all this kind of stuff. But then, like you said, I guess I hadn't taken into account the fact that he was not popular in the South whatsoever. He definitely, you know, did not appeal to a lot of, of white voters um, at the, in that time. So, yeah, that... That's true. I I guess I just always assumed like he would have automatically been president, but no, he he probably would have had a really difficult time being nominated. So there's no Mm -hmm. doubt about that. So that is very interesting. And I have to agree with you, too. The things that he promised to fulfill were huge feats, especially for '68. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, you you think automatically because he had, did pass away that he would have obviously accomplished those things, but there's really no way to say. Of course, now people look back and will be like, well, he'd definitely be better than Nixon, <laughs> but <laughs> but at the time, you know, I mean, who knows if he could have accomplished the three things and more beyond the civil rights and the poverty and the Vietnam, all those kinds of things. Beyond all that, mm-hmm. who knows what he actually Actually could have accomplished you know so it's right. very interesting
0: and i mean you know it, unlikely that he would have had a whole lot of support even from within his own party sure um so sure
1: and that was my my last question actually was do you think his campaign promises were attainable for that time period so i guess we kind of just answered that um mm-hmm. it just i guess it would just depend you know on yeah what he could actually get done but i mean unfortunately we'll never actually know um yeah. those things uh Let's get into, what do you think about his assassination? Do you, have you ever like looked into any conspiracy theories with it? Anything like that?
0: Listen, I love a good conspiracy theory. same, same. I mean, I could go on for days. I haven't admittedly looked into as many conspiracy theories surrounding his assassination Mm -hmm. because the JFK ones are just so much meatier. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there's this like, this one, there's this speculation about a girl in a polka dot yes, dress. Yes,
1: I, 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 yes, I listened to a podcast that talked about that, and mm-hmm. it was crazy to listen to all the ins and outs of that specific story. I can't remember all the ins and outs of it now, but I remember being like, oh my gosh, mind blown. So yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, and like, that's so specific. I love, like, I love a good, you know, highly specific details, like, mm-hmm there's this girl and she was in a polka dot dress and everybody, like, tons of different people saw her and she was, like, arm in arm with somebody else saying, we killed Robert Kennedy, we killed Robert Kennedy, so... It's crazy. It's so crazy. I feel like there's got to be something there. Okay,
1: well then, what do you think... I got to jump to it because you said it. Uh, What is your thought on the JFK assassination? What do you think? Who was it?
0: Um, I think there was a a second gunman. Oh, yeah. I believe it strongly. Me too. Um, And... I think that um Oswald's assassination was a cover up, obviously. Um, I don't know if I like I'm not willing to commit myself strongly to an actual theory, but I do believe those things. I, I struggle core. with that
1: too. i think I think that I think <laughs> that it was <laughs> um, it had to be organized crime related, mafia related, definitely second and in the grassy mm-hmm. knoll. Have you been to Dallas? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not. Okay, well, I went last year, and I was actually able to, like, see all the things that I had looked at for so long and stuff. It happened in that grassy knoll. Because if you see Mm -hmm. the footage, I mean, it's so obvious. Uh, It's it's beyond obvious that it came from that direction. I just can't even fathom how they convinced the American, even one single American person, (laughs) that it did not come from there. But who knows? It's crazy. I feel like so many different arguments have really good arguments. You know? There's Mm -hmm. so much just evidence that could back up so many different theories so it's so hard that's what makes it fun though about conspiracy theories as tragic that's and true. horrible as it is it's it's entertaining to read about a conspiracy theory regardless of what it is well, really and, like,
0: people put so much effort into these things. absolutely and, like, people dedicate I their mean, lives compile, to it yeah and they compile like extremely compelling evidence mm-hmm. there, and there's a man that sits like at
1: Dealy plaza and literally sits there like hands out like what you have to buy them but they're dvds that he like tries to educate people on what he thinks happened and he i mean he's dedicated his life to it he he like sits out there every single day of his life to tell people what actually happened and how the government hit it and everything so that's amazing oh my god he's doing it he he is really dedicated to it so
0: i love it i like talking to him it was fun See that's the thing. I just I I want to believe so passionately in something like that. That's what I need to find. I need to find my conspiracy theory that I'm going to same. And then I want to solve it though.
1: That's the problem.
0: Yes, I don't like be. I don't like not knowing. So I like. I always have this thought. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if
1: I like cracked the code on some huge thing? Like, what if you were that person? Like, what a legend that you you put it all together and you get. uh, I don't know.
0: Pipe Dream. I, I talked that up to National Treasure and it's Same. Amazing sequel, oh my gosh. National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. Uh, I, mean, I
1: literally watched that last week. I'm not kidding you. I love this movie. That's like my oh favorite my movie ever. And actually yeah. speaking of that, because I watched it so recently and I remember this scene verbatim, um, when they're flipping through the book of secrets and he's like, Wait, the JFK assassination, and Nick Cage tells him that they ha- they have to keep flipping. I was like, There's no way in hell I would keep flipping. Like that's the no, one thing everyone in the not. world would have to land on. <laughs> that makes no sense. You could take two seconds to read what it was in the stinking book oh that drives me nuts anyway <laughs> this is a fictional film we're talking about <laughs> i believe in it so
0: passionately though i
1: do too i had little side stories so sorry to all the people that are probably like what the heck but i had a boyfriend when i was like 11 or 12 that uh from the first movie you know how he like like put oil or something on paper and then like a lemon juice and then like lit it on fire lemon to show juice. the the he caught his room on fire trying to do that. We were like eleven or twelve. Oh my god. I know he was like I really thought he was a believer. He was. And I you know what, I commend that passion. It didn't we didn't work out. Unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately the romance fizzled but he was too passionate about other things. You know, he made it work. So anyway, (laughs) I guess that's all I have today. Oh, that's entertaining. No, but eventually I want to deep dive into certain things. This was just my Bobby Kennedy, like initial podcast, um, kind of just talking about kind of the surface things that he stood for Mm -hmm. and, and stuff. Um, of course I'll have episodes that come that dive really deep into certain topics, uh, with him, um, and I would love for you to come back and talk about those things when I, you sure. know, just like really, hey, I'm really detailed on the
0: campaign to make Bobby Kennedy sexy. Again. Hey, let's do it. That's I'm here, for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'll put it on a T-shirt. Great. <laughs> yes. This could be one of the merchandise it opportunities. It could.
1: It could. That's a great idea. We should. We just gave it away. We shouldn't have given it away. <laughs> no, but thank you. Take it back. I know. I had to edit that out. <laughs> no, thank you so much for joining me today and this was so much fun and this was fun yeah and um yeah, I hope you all enjoy this one and like I said, we'll get some we'll deep dive later into some uh, more specific topics, but I hope you enjoy this overview of Bobby Kennedy and what we think about him and I will see you next week on Kennedy Dynasty podcast
0: America. He's rolling along For Gennady! Hello everyone.